1: Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
2: Have major life expenses? Using a credit card can cost you an arm and a leg in interest and fees. Break up with bad credit card debt and check out a SoFi personal loan. With low fixed interest rates and absolutely no fees, a personal loan could be a great way to consolidate your hard-to-pay-off high-interest credit card debt. A SoFi personal loan can also be used for home improvement projects, weddings, travel, moving costs, emergency expenses, whatever life throws your way. With funding ranging from $5,000 to $100,000. With a single fixed monthly payment and no fees, a SoFi personal loan is simply a smarter way to pay compared to high-interest credit cards. View your rate in 60 seconds without affecting your credit score at SoFi.com slash podcast. That's SoFi.com slash podcast. And get your money right. Loans originated by SoFi Bank N.A., member FDIC. Terms and conditions apply. NMLS six nine six eight nine six eight nine one.
3: This podcast is proudly in association with Pitch Sport Football, the app that allows you to interact with other West Ham fans, pick your starting 11, and participate in fan time videos. This app is absolutely free, so like I've done, like X has done, and like thousands of other West Ham fans have done, get this downloaded if you haven't already. That's Pitch Sport Football. You're listening to the West Ham Way podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi! Good evening and welcome to the West Way podcast with myself Dave Walker and serial YTK blogger XWHU employee. This week we talked to a man who enjoyed an eventful career as a player, a manager and more recently a pundit. He's competed at the highest level domestically and also represented Northern Ireland with an impressive amount of caps. That man is Ian Dowie and tonight we're going to focus on his two separate spells at West Ham. X will also be giving us exclusive news and views so don't go anywhere during what should be a cracking show. It's great to talk to you tonight. How are you, mate? You well?
4: Yeah, really good. Thankfully, all the family's been good. So um, just got out for a game of golf in recent times. But other than that, trying to get out and do a bit of running, which was long, long overdue, I think. So getting a bit back to fitness I'd like to have been.
3: Oh, very good, yeah. fitness is a bit of an alien word to me, Nick. I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> and uh, we're, we're also absolutely dog shit at golf, so we got no chance. No, exactly. Play, <laughs> well, uh, I think I think my son would
4: say I'm dog shit at golf too. So. <laughs> <laughs> Look,
3: <laughs> last, time, last time I went for a
5: run was when Ian played for West Ham, I think.
3: <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Talking of West Ham, Ian, I heard yeah. that you grew up as a West Ham fan. Is that true? Yeah, yeah
4: absolutely true. I mean, uh, i was just thinking today about... Ad Coca and places like that. I mean, I was I was I was blessed actually. One of my first managerial jobs was at um, Oldham, obviously, and um, the, my uh, one of my assistants was David Cross, so um, who's a brilliant impersonator, and you know, so <laughs> I got signed. That was that team, really. If you think about, you know, eighty, eighty one, whatever, with John Law and, and Len Kearns as chairman, you know, Parks and Ray Stewart and Lamps and you know, Billy Bonds, who's who's a bit of my idol at the time. And, Crossy played and Trevor Brookin, of course. So, it, you know, yeah, we, I spent many time being locked out on a Spurs boxing day, not being able to get in. But you know, me and dad, dad and my brother used to go fitfully. My dad didn't take a lot, but I was a West Ham fan growing up from, from a very young age. But really, I so remember sort of AD Coke and Clyde Best tough times. And then, and then really that, 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 that cup-winning team of, it, it sticks long in the mind. You know, the, the manager and John Lyle and,
3: and what a wonderful person he was. Wow. So, did you have any specific heroes that come to mind? I mean, you mentioned Eddie Coker and, and Bestie. They were massive for West well, Ham. Alan.
4: Alan, Alan Devonshire was was, was was amazing for me in, in, in terms of when was a player, I thought he was about. I and mean, you know, some some other. I remember you know at the time looking back, thinking how long young Paul Allen was in around, who's become a really good friend of mine. But probably probably Billy Bonson was was. A lad I looked up to because, you know, he played for a long period while I was still a fan. That you know, was the first result I looked for at weekends. And, um, yeah, it's it, it was probably Billy, Billy was, you know, probably my idol as a grown-up. And as a result, for him to sign me was amazing.
5: Well, it's funny because that was going to be our sort of first question. You were signed by Billy Bonds in 1991 yeah. sir, to help us get promoted. Um, how did the move come about?
4: Well, I, th- I think I'd heard some bits and pieces and it came about very quickly, I think. We were just, you know, it had gone very well at Luton. There was, there was talk about some changeovers at the top and uh, the manager was a little bit uncertain, Jim Ryan, and He wanted to, I think, maybe just bring a bit of his own blood in, although I played virtually every game and, and he'd, he'd been great with me. And he just, I just, it came up. I was a West Ham fan, you know, when, when it came across my door that they made a bid and it was been accepted. It was nothing more than just turn up and sign for what I was wanted to was hardly any discussion it wasn't wasn't about that in days I wanted to play for West Ham is my team and um you know for, for Billy Bonds to sign me it was it was amazing and then um you know when I look at that what you know when I did sign going to a dressing room full of good characters Alvin Ludo Gailey, you know Percy Hewitt Ian Bishop Frank um, and then you know the likes of top players you know really really top players and um, i had fun and I was I knew Jimmy Quinn anyway by that time and. You know, who was also the outstanding player, Timmy Breaker was there as well. So, um, yeah, it was. I mean, it wouldn't wouldn't matter what we offered me; I'd have signed anyway. So, um, mm-hmm. it, in the end, it, it, it was it was great. And you know, fortunately enough, we, we, we got promoted that that year, which is um, was fantastic. And you know, to do that, you know, to, be, to have to be part of it um, was was amazing. So, you know, whatever happens, that's something that I, I, I really enjoyed. Um, you know. Celebrations! I remember to this day. It's it was it, there were special special people, and you know you look about set forwards at the time, or forwards Frankie and you know, Trevor Morley and Jimmy Quinn, good players. and you yeah, have Stuart Slater and the likes and other people like that. So it's you know it was, it was a it was a really good thing, and I had you know everything. I, w- I couldn't wait for the season to start. Really, if I'm
3: honest. Mm, I can imagine. I mean, you know, having conversations like this from a fan's perspective, it's just a little reminder of just how good that squad was back then. I mean, some of the names you're reeling off, some yeah. great players and some great names there. And obviously, sitting at the top of those boys at the time was Billy. I mean, you mentioned earlier on he was one of your heroes. When you signed for West Ham, was that the first time you met him? And what was your impression of him when you did?
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't the first time I met him. I mean, listen, also... That, that, I mean Dixie was, was, was making it, it, it at the time. You think about how good some of them players were and Julian Gregg went on to become a good friend of Dixie's and um, outstanding talent. Billy, yeah, it was the first time I met him. Um, he was straightforward, honest, understood what I was about. Uh, I think he thought that
2: a little bit of what he had,
4: I had in terms of work ethic and, you know, uh, I think that's that's fair. He was obviously probably a better player than I was, let's be honest. But, um, certainly for West Ham by a long chalk, um, But Billy was excellent, straightforward with me and i never had any issues with him um, and even to this day I have you know, you know, in the end I understood fully why he did what he did at the time. I was flummoxed but, but you know, it's, that's what managers have to do. Now I realise that at the time, of course, being a West Ham fan and, you know, when Billy pulled me pre-season, I think we were at South End and said that Southampton made an offer and that had been accepted. I, I just... Flatly said, I don't want to go. And, you know, in the end, the scenario was, if I didn't go, I wasn't going to play. Um, and that was, that That sounds like that's that's bad. That's not, that's just the era it was. I don't, Billy was top draw at the end of the season. Actually, when they went down, I think I was called to go against them. Would you believe it? Um, down at, um, at Southampton's ground. Um, and, you know, he was the first one to come up to me and said, Oh well I played. So, he, he, you know, it was, it was something I certainly didn't want to happen. Um, but, in the end, it, things happen for a reason. And, then, and I remember speaking to my wife and saying, um, I don't know if there's anybody out of this. I, I, don't, I don't want to go down to Sampton. My wife was down from the south coast, so it wasn't as bad. But um, I didn't want to leave West Ham. We were very settled where we are. And I just said, it's, it's really been sort of fate of I have to leave or I'm not going to play. So um, in the end, I left. And, um, you know, that's, that's just a very sad moment. And lucky enough, I've got to come back. But... Um, it, 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 I've got nothing but the utmost respect for Billy um, because I understand what managers have to go through.
3: I, I mean, let's skip forward now, Ian, to 1995. Yeah. And you get another crack at West Ham. I mean, I'm sure it might not have been a move that you were expecting, but it came at a time when we had a new manager. Um, how had that changed for you? And did the club feel any different when you did resign? And, and how did it come around that you played for West Ham again?
5: Um,
4: when, I, when I think about, well, listen, I, you know... It was a difficult time in that period at Palace. You know, we'd gone down. Um, I started to see I got a couple of goals in the early part of the season, and there were some rumblings behind it. You know, there was a bit of interest from a couple of clubs. And then West Ham popped up and Harry and the chairman was Terry Brown by the time it was also a lovely fellow like Martin Cairns. were both gentlemen as, as as chairman as I as I remember. And then um happened very quickly. Um again. You know, as often happens with with with, with there was some bit of furore about the team about me leaving, and I've got to say, good players there, you know, Chris Coleman, Gareth Southgate, and a good team, but you're just starting to break up a little bit. And um, I got on to go to West Ham and play at the top level again. And, and why wouldn't I? And it was was it the same? No, it was different because there's different players. You know, you, had a, you, you, you had Tony Cotty was back. You know. Johnny Moncur, good character. Michael Hughes on loan was outstanding. You know, Dimitrisky, Salvin Bilic, top draw player. Rio Ferdinand coming through was the best 17-year-old I've ever seen. Um, and, and very, very, very closely followed by Frank Lampard, I might say. Um, and lots of Danny and Robbie Slater. As well as all the other lads that, knew that were there. So a lot of the still lads that I'd left the club were still there. But, you know, that was a key element to it. You know, and I think um, you know, Harry was in infectious way, and um, yeah, it was it was it was good. And I, I, i really enjoyed the first year. Um, well, enjoyed it all. I had a fabulous time. Forever, little, little problem with um, in the second season with that um, own goal, but uh, that, that that's <laughs> what you know. It's the only place to get stand ovation, has a it, so, um <laughs> um You know, in the, in the end, I wouldn't change any of that. And even breaking the leg on the same day but, of that game, but. Um my team was West Ham. I'd never go you'd never hear me say if I played with I don't know, if I'd have signed for Man United for ten years, West Ham was my team.
3: Yeah, well I I totally, you know love and respect your feelings towards West Ham. And to be honest, and I'm only speaking personally I'm sure X knew, I, I didn't actually know that you were a West Ham fan and grew up as a West Ham fan. Um, That's why I write the questions, yeah. mate. <laughs> <laughs> you see how the dynamic works quite well here. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but in all seriousness, Ian, despite that, you were, and again, I admire your honesty in terms of how you felt at the end of that first belt, West Ham. Because of that, and any bitterness you might have been harbouring, was you tempted to in West Ham? No, it something? no never even <laughs> crossed
4: my mind. I mean, listen, there's a couple of other clubs, that, you know, I wouldn't mention now because I've met the manager and blah, 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 but no, I just, it just felt right. Um, you know, of course, I'd love to score a bucket more goals than I did in bits and pieces, but, you know, that's not the way it's going to be or it, it, well, the way it was. And, you know, I had a good spell at Southampton. You know, Palace went well for me. It just, you know, it was my team. And so, you know, in West Ham... We still have magnificent ground that I love to go to. So, for me, it was, I didn't even think twice about it.
5: Well, one honour that you must have been pleased with is in your first season, you became, you were runner-up in Hammer of the Year behind Julian Dix. Now, obviously, that's an award voted for by the fans. So, to come second to, you know, an absolute icon at West Ham, I I guess, as a West Ham fan, that must have been a real honour.
3: And do you yeah. know what, Ian? Just quickly as well, just to jump on the back of that, I've, I think so far you've you've genuinely done yourself a real disservice with your time at West Ham, and I yeah. think you know X's question about um, you know runner-up as as Hammer of the Year that's a that's a testament to that, and it's contradictory to I think how yeah. you saw yourself at West Ham. So I hope you do appreciate that West Ham fans do remember you fondly.
4: Yeah, well, I, I mean, this I, I remember them calling me Bartman, which I've got to say. Went down, uh, listen. It was, it, was, it was appropriate, probably, but you know, my, my view is it's a Dixie. Me and Dixie had a couple of little moments early on in our, in our first spell at the club. Um, where we, we as you can imagine, seen like oh I in a training session, once or surprise nothing major, but we became really good friends. And he was, I mean, his left foot was something special. Um, and a leader in, in, in the way he played, it wasn't you know, don't expect Dixie to run around with it, and also with his knee, isn't he? You know, Way he played at game with game time, he, he came alive and mm. like, Nick got on great. He he had the ultimate respect uh, for the way I went about the game in terms of in, in on, on match days, and, and we, we got on great. So he was brilliant that year, absolutely brilliant. Um, as were a couple of other players. I think he had a really good year, and um, you know, it's something Mark Reaper might have done. Quite well that year, as I remember. Oh, I think that all might have been, I think it was Mark Reaper that year. Anyway, he, 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 I think he went on Celtics at later, But yeah, there's a lot of good players in there, but Julian was, Julian had a left foot he could do anything with. I mean, for a lad who, whose knee was virtually had a hole in it, like a black wall tunnel, you know what I mean? He's, he's, a, he's, he's a bit like a John Sheridan, who I'll later on for the level he played at, um, for what his injuries were. and he was He was tough, relentless. Very, very cutting. I mean, listen, if you didn't have a riposte to him, you know, he'd carry on doing it. Lucky enough, I had a few words to say to him. So he took it well. And then, <laughs> I funny enough, took him to Northern Ireland uh, in, a, in a summer trip. Where we'd go there playing golf and a few beers in, in, in downtime. And I, I took Dixie there and he had, he had a riot. And the lads loved him. I took him on a few a bit of trips around Belfast. And he, he certainly enjoyed himself. It, 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 and I, I, I wouldn't have never thought that, you know, but the the, the, the Julian you see off the pitch feels a certainly a different, different fellow.
3: Mm, absolutely. And let's talk about a few more players um, yeah. off the pitch more interestingly, because I think the fans know yeah. about them on the pitch. But the following year, we brought in a number of foreign forwards, including Paolo Futre and, and Radichoi. What were your initial impressions of them coming into the dressing room? Well, I mean, listen,
4: as a, a study of football, you know, Paolo Futre was one of the... And even even in training, he had this. He had I don't know they call it flick that. He had that one where he flicked inside and, and outside. He had that trick.
3: Yeah, um, I know what you mean.
4: Like you you could not believe. Um, and 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 you know, Florian Radicchio, Flo who was much quieter, much more serene, went about his business, but looked technically looked very sharp, looked pacey. You know, so I don't. I think unlike a lot of the lads there, you know. I'd, I'd sort of come into football a different way from I so Was a bit late in it. I could understand coming, you know, not speaking the language. It's just a real barrier, you know. You you, you need help, and so I don't. You don't expect them to start well, and, and we try to give him as much chance as we can. The lads did, but you know, Florian, I think I think he didn't. He had a great start. I think he started well. I think he might scored against Man United and then sort of drifted away. But it wasn't. He wasn't a good player because he was in training. He looked really good, but Paolo Futuro looked looked the real deal. And thinking he gives you something. I don't know. Maybe like, you know, he's just that good. Like a Paolo Di would have gone in his day, you know. He gives you something that, you know, someone else can't do. He had that ability. And, and, well, it looked really good. And then we obviously got to Arsenal. And I was, yeah, well, you know. Well, that's the next
5: question. What,
4: what okay. actually happened at Arsenal? <laughs> well, listen, listen it's is exactly true what you're saying. Listen, he, he, he walked in and I, I think... I don't know, I don't think Harry did, but anyway, he was only impressed you he'd get the number 14 shirt and it was John Moncur, I think, or 10, was it 10? 10, yeah, 10, 10, anyway, 10. 10. John Moncur was a 10. Anyway, um, by the way, the only person to v- benefit out of that was John Moncur, who got three weeks in his villa in Portugal. Yeah! <laughs> 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 so, but, but listen, Monkey was a good, I've got to say, I remember, I think it was, um, Harry went into the discussion in his, in his office with Frank Burroughs, I believe, and, and, um, he, yeah, I mean, you couldn't have you couldn't have written it. Um, but he did. He, 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 he wasn't a player, So because he didn't, he wasn't at the number ten. Now you know, I think he his view. And that's all I heard was that he'd said he'd, he, he, the number ten had been agreed. Now a monkey would have definitely given. I'm sure passed it over and maybe wouldn't have wanted to, but he would have done. But you know, you, we got beat two nil by the way. But um, um, it, it just was. I mean, there's no way back. Really, for for, for, for was, was a great player. And I've got to say that is something I regret because I'd love to have seen him play. Oh, he could have been, he looked he looked tremendous. All right, it was, it, it, in years were going on, but he, he still had that that trick. And I, you know, don't forget in them days, he not a load of tricks done. You know, wasn't those sort of some brilliant people, but you know, Pala You know, and you think about Porfirio, who did okay, and Roberto he played eleven or twelve. Hugo played about 23. You know, it's it's it, it's just a sad sadness, lots of ways, you know. You know, but I've got to say, I think when Paolo looked back at that, you, you, what would he think? He'll think, not for me, to say, I mean, of course, numbers are much more important, than maybe in other in other countries, and he's a notorious number ten. But you know, when you you're there, you play the game, I'd carry listen, he pulled if had a bit of conversation with Paul Harry, he say, I'll play in this today. Can I get to change? Cha- cha- or maybe you can't change the number. I think that was a problem. You can't change the number during the season. So anyway, so you know, it was disappointing, and I think all the lads were disappointed because he's seen whatever the number of shirts hanging up, and he just went, "No, not all,"
1: and that was it. So, did, it, uh, did it
5: affect the preparations for the rest of the
4: team? Like, you know, obviously,
5: I've done, I don't. I imagine he was. I think the story is he was due to start up front with you, and then Steve Jones had to come in to replace him. I mean, did it disrupt like you guys? No. The... Listen, listen,
4: Jonesy, Jon- J- Jonesy, Jonesy is a great lad. I think he's, I think he's still an ambassador to the club, which is great. Yes, to yeah. see. You know, he's a great lad, big smile on his face, and love love the game. Listen, no, did it? Of course, it. Did, of course, it upset them. I mean, you got Pallav Hoops top players has been, you know, in, in European football, you know, coming to play for West Ham. We go to Arsenal away, which is not the easiest draw. And um, then, well, you know, it's 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 what it is, and it's, it's just, you know, in lots of ways, I'm sure Harry would think the same. You know, at the time, and Harry being a West Ham fan, it's just something you, you, you can't not play. Um, you know, but I, I don't know whether how how, how he, he wasn't aware that he wasn't the number ten. So you know, in the end, that was killed cool before it started. But Florin you know, I, I, I thought Thuron had something about him. And, you know, you can see by his record that he clearly did. Um, just a different mentality, maybe a different part of, part of the country. He just found it difficult um, to... Don't forget, just just starting to come out of that. The physical nature of the game was, you know, still very much part of it. And You know, that's since dwindled away, and you know, not, not, it becomes much more easy on the eye. You know, you see, you know, um, some of the players that, you know, Play to now, but, you know, they, they're, they're, they're magnificent on the ball, but, be, you know, if the ball, ball's in the box, they're not going to, they're not going to be, they try and volley it from 10 feet rather than, they're overhead kick it rather than head it, when I was trying to head it in from about six inches off the ground, so, um, you know, in my view is it's, it's, it's just, it's just, it's really sad, because actually, it's, it was an exciting time, I think it was, a, I think it was a great deal of West Ham fans were looking forward to see Paolo and they never did.
3: Mm, yeah, I know. We enjoyed a, a very different Paolo uh, years oh, after yeah, that. Absolutely. Thank God. Um, but you're quite right, um, and you were also quite right earlier when you said that you, you know this question's coming, and uh, that time is now. We've got to look at that cold, rainy night in Stockport. Yeah. Um, what, what was? I mean, I know you know it happened so quickly, and it was instinctively. But, you know, that, that beautifully disguised finish that you put into the top right corner, was that something you worked on in training or...?
4: Well, listen, absolutely, listen. When I, when I was going through the run I was, any goal was... With, with, I mean, I remember... I was going for a poor run, to be fair. And actually, I remember, I think, just soon after that, I came back and I scored against Wimbledon at home. And it was disallowed. sort of, you know, just... It's funny, it's just one moment. I remember seeing it on the back. It was a perfectly good goal. Um, but... Anyway, the referee disallowed it was um The goal at the time, you know, it was, you know, the wet, windy, horrible day. Um, the evening, rather. I think it was, you know, 18th of December and it's something like that. Anyway, um, and, you know, it's just, a, it's just Ludo's fault, really. Ludo should have come and caught it. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you know, it's what it is. You know, the ball came in the box. I tried to head it. I to head it. Come off the shot, um, the, the sheriff's badge corner and went in the top corner, you know. So nothing you can do about that. When you go, what, 20, 10 minutes later, I'm running through, I, 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 I flick the ball past the key. he makes a save, stops it and just goes by the post and the lad clips in me. I, I spar a fracture in my leg. Um, I didn't know about the time. About 15 minutes later, I'm still playing on with it, but start the whole, And then the physio called me over and he said, I think you've got a bit of a problem here. And I, I came off. And, you know, it, it wasn't. And rightly so, it wasn't it great because you just walked up beside We took a, 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 a big contingent was I wasn't getting the pleasing thank yous for some of them lads and the West Ham own goal you know listen you can you can do many things in your life and, mm. and never be as recognised as someone who scored own no goal like that so <laughs> I know how, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll take that one and not sell
3: off yeah no it's true <laughs> and, and but I have to say from the bottom of our hearts you know me and ex are sincerely sorry about throwing those coins at you that night you know we didn't mean it <laughs> mate. <laughs> By the way, they're fake. <laughs> that's <laughs> why we can't
4: remember them. Listen, my view is: that, you know, listen, that's why I played for West Ham. Or, you know, that's why I went to come back to West Ham. You know, I wanted. West Ham fans are a passionate bunch, and that's what I think. And it's not, you know, not blanket there. but the passion that the ground brought is difficult to re- reinvigorate. There, you know, yeah. but I understand what people feel. They don't mean to do it, but, you know. Yeah, the lad in the armchair that's going bananas on TV. You know, that's what some, not, not all of them, some of them are like. And, you know, we all, we all get passionate about it and that's what you want. You want a ground that's full of passion. You know, my view is, it's, me scoring own goal is going to get people angry. So, I, I get it.
3: Yeah, of course it is. And for the yeah. record, we didn't really throw coins at you. <laughs>
5: <Yeah>. <laughs> we can't afford to, mate. We'll be picking them up afterwards. <laughs> um, uh, so, when you've, you've mentioned some of the players that were brought in at the time. You yeah. know, you said Hartson, Kitson and so on. How, how does it feel as a striker when the manager is buying in? Obviously, players that are going to compete for your position. Hartson was a club record signing at the time. Kitson was brought in. You know, Do you feel... Does it does it upset you? Does it motivate you? What's your feelings at that time? No, no.
4: no it's, <laughs> you're at a football club and you're bringing good players. It's going to elevate a football club, you know. Mm. Um, Johnny, Johnny's come in and, you know, I'm big friends with him today, you know. He's, he's, he's overcome so much in his life. Um, and me and him were very close. We should travel a lot. Yeah, bought a place in Brooklyn's Park and I helped him. You know, we, we looked great. Right you know, I knew the area. You know, he'd been at Luton, you know, and, and Arsenal. And... Um, you know it's he's a good player by the way two really good feet but incredible yeah, air, powerful a handful um and it's was razor quick i mean it's not too many quicker than raising you don't forget you got you've got steve lomas in around the team by that time and you know i think you know frank lampard starting to make waves um it, you know the side was evolving and you know all I wanted to be was sticking to be part of it. Hopefully, you know, in the end, I played a few games with Johnny hansen um, and he's very—he was saying he, he, you know, he loved playing up front with me, and I understood why that is because you know he—he he, he liked a Matt Tizier He would, would, would pick up knocks downs and smash them in the back of the net. Um, and of course, it, you know, you know, let's not be stupid. You know that if they're signing two strikers, you're not doing your job. But, but nonetheless um, that, was, that was the case so you know you're not going to look at that but you know if if, if you spoke to Slavon Belic or Junior Dix or whatever and said you know we're playing away at Newcastle on a Tuesday night that's no rain who do you want up front that, you know I think they might have said yeah well let's get the big name in the team so it's, it's what it is um, I've got I'm fully I've, I've always been very self-aware of what I am I've never been you know, because I came to the game late, I suppose. I signed Primes at was 23. So you're never going to have that base of fantastic technical ability. Because um, I don't from... Six, I, I was in academies. Salings academy, academies. I missed from 16 onwards. I grew up in men's football. So, you know, it, in terms of that, when I was nine, I was playing in, you know, St. Albans of Hartford, that way. In, so, you know, Cheshire, Chesson. So, it, it... And what I mean by that is not that I didn't work hard. i worked extremely hard. I was out every afternoon. Every single afternoon till three or four in the afternoon, with you know, on the plastic pitch, learning that so you work, so you grab you that, but it's it's, you know, you've got to understand what you're good at, what you do well, and you know, some of them goals. I mean, I remember screwing up at West Ham, but, um, uh, you know, that, that I've been very proud of, but you know, all I worry about is if you've got the respect of your teammates and, and the manager. And for the most part, that's what
5: it was. So there's another, another player at West I want to talk about. Is Samassi Abu. Now, what, what was he like as a player, as a person? And, and was it true when he made his debut that the fans were all shouting, boo? he just didn't know what to make of that? Yeah,
4: he did. He yeah. did. I um, was <laughs> so just thinking about Do you know what? If I, if I honestly knew, but this, it's not, this is meant, it's a, it was good for him. He didn't know what he was doing. I don't think. I mean, what I'm saying is, <laughs> he had, if the ball would come up to him, listen, he wasn't a, he wasn't really a back to goal type of player. He was a, you know, but if the ball plucked up to him or popped around the corner, you know, he, he took a touch. It, his ability, his agility, is he, he was pacing. And he, when he was running with the ball, he's one of them lads you could if he could hit a ball, hit your knee, hit his knee, it falls kindly for him. You know, it, when he was on the run, he was he was unpredictable, incredibly unpredictable. Mm. But I I love. I think in the end, he became a big fan because, you know, his big smile on his face and he, he they, West Ham fans, although they're very critical at times, if you're smiling all the time, you know, I think that they, half of them, you know, I mean, I, do, I certainly enjoyed my time with him. You know, he was a very nice character, really tried hard to get on with the English and did very well at it. I, I, I was, I thought there was something in there. I thought, they, I thought he might have gone on to do a lot of, lot of really good things. I know injury had a big part in that, but, you know, for me, I, I really enjoyed his company and, he was he was different he was off the wall and a, a bit special you know he, he, i thought he, he might go through great things now in the end that's not happened, but nonetheless, I think he brought a lot of smiles like it when him you can't compare him to to best or a, or or a, or a, i'm thinking of it, or a Pal of future or, or you know but in terms of technical ability but
3: he, he brought some... I, I thought he brought a lot of happiness in around the dressing room, too. I, you know, I, I, I liked him. Mm. Eventually, that season, you were sold to QPR. Uh, you went there with Keith Rowland in exchange for Trevor Sinclair, ultimately. Um, yeah. How, how did that make you feel? Oh, listen, you're trying,
4: trying, I mean, not, not not as strange as I thought was when I walked in the dressing room at QPR and uh, Ray, Ray Hart... Ray Harford, the manager, said, you take the forwards. They wanted me to coach the forwards. And they paid a, you know 100 grand for both of us, I think. So, um, um, in terms of that. So, But, yeah, you know, um, Ray obviously seen something. I didn't, listen, Harry was very personal with it. It was no issue. You know, I wasn't going to, you know, he just said, you are not get enough game time, go there and play, which I did, didn't play a load. But in the end, you know, you know Ray wasn't there long enough, and which is a shame. Um, but Jerry Francis came in, gave me the assistant manager job, and it, after a little while, it, um, it, it became a great education for me for a different part of my career. But, um, yeah, anytime you walk around a club you, you love, it's gonna hurt. Um, but, um, none you know, I think it was probably the right time, and maybe, maybe, um, better, yeah, in, in lots of ways, as I said, but it was. Yeah, you know, I can remember carrying my back the last day. You know, it was upsetting because I got on great with all the people at the training ground, um, all the girls in the office, and you know, Spagbowl on Friday and all them things. And, and you know, new people around the place. It, it, it's you know, that that not driving in that training ground was a sadness for me because you know, I loved, I, I loved it, loved, loved doing it, loved being at the club I supported. But you know, what Harry did was, was right for him at the time and probably right for everyone. So. Um, there's nothing to say, no, you know, I don't think. It probably the right time. And, and, you know, in the end, it, it led to a different part of my career, which, you know, has been very helpful. Harry tried to take me back to to be assistant manager with him at um, Portsmouth when I was at Oldham. And that caused me to end up getting the Oldham job and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, you know, there's lots to be thankful to Harry about and, and, and Billy Bonds and, and, you know, the two managers that I've got great regard for. Um... You know, um, there. Well, one's a legend of a player, and one's a very, very successful manager who's, who's created, who's done a lot of things there, and, and also been a great player at, at West Ham. So to, to have had two players that mean lots to West Ham's career, sign in says all that did to do. You know, you know I'm, I'm absolutely you know, happy with what I've done. As I said, I would not for one minute ever say that. I'd, I'd love to have got another third goal at West Ham, but that hasn't happened. So I can't can't rewrite history. We've got to live with that first season being runner-up player of the year. Um, and you know, you now we didn't really create enough success for West Ham. That's 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 the truth. Um, we should have been better with the players we had. And you know, there's a lot of that. And some of that's probably the players' fault. A lot of that's the players' fault. You know, it was a different time then. It's not the same time now. It was then we were, we were we were a rowdy bunch and um, liked to party like we all did. So I wouldn't deny any of that but um, we had some characters and we, 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 our work ethic was on the train ground was, was top draw
3: mm.
5: I mean, you, you sort of do yourself a disservice in terms of goals you scored for West Ham because you did get a fair few. I mean, talking yeah. about talking about um, those and moving on from the, <laughs> the one we have talked about. What yeah. was what was your sort of favourite goal for West Ham? Your sort of either your best, like what you think was your best technically goal, or one that maybe meant the most, or both.
4: I'm probably I probably you probably get the second one against Man City. I think mm. I think or the first. I can't remember the first or second one anyway. Because you know Alan Baller got rid of me. Um, Southampton. Um, I mean, le- left me out of a, a squad. One, I scored the week before, but left me out of a squad. You know, God bless him. Yeah, he, he's entitled to do it. But you know, so I celebrated quite robustly in front of him. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I, I, you no, know, my view is quite. When I think about it, I mean, listen. Obviously, I don't think the goal that got us promoted. But I think I scored. Did I score that goal? I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. You secured that promotion, yeah. So. That's that, I'm trying to think, Swindon, was it?
5: Uh, I can't remember. I yeah, Swindon at home, I think it might
4: be. I think might have Swindon you got at home, four you? in that first
5: season, I think, which were all important yeah. goals, obviously.
4: Yeah, well, anyway, I think I think Swindon got us promoted. We were at home, weren't we? I'm sure that, that got us promoted. If it didn't, then I've got it wrong. But that goal was a decent goal. Um, it's interesting. Just a quick one. When I signed, I played for Oldham at first start. I played Oldham away on the plastic pitch, okay? And there was dry, plastic pieces. Anyway, I slid the ball in. Perfectly good goal. It offside. Anyway, but i I ripped my leg, okay? And I had third-degree burns down the side of my leg. And I had Vulcan, these, 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 these you know, like, like lycra pants, big thick ones that I had to put on to protect these burns. Anyway, I've got to say, I'm playing against Barnsley, my home debut in my time, first signing for the club. And I'm having an absolute shocker. Mm-hmm. I mean listen, said I'm, i i'm on want uh, uh, antibiotics anyway i feel feel I feel I've got no le- I've got lead in my legs I'm, I think Billy Bonds must be saying who, who have I signed here this don mm-hmm. he can't move but his first touch is tremendous anyway, sure enough, I think it was my it might have been tim breaker we're going on late in the game, he crosses the ball anyway, and I jump and I head it head it hits my shoulder and it, no one knows and it loops into the top corner and I get a goal on my home debut, but you know another 20 minutes of, of the tosh that I was I was at but, and, and to be fair I did, have, I did have third degree burn so I had, I had to take um, antibiotics for a long time but you know if, you, if I don't, hadn't come off that game scoring West Ham fans would be bloody hell, what, what we've signed here. and been, been right to so um, it just shows you that sometimes you know you get a little bit of luck and it was a lucky it went ahead it hit your shoulder through the top corner it gets you going and then you know scoring at Swindon Newcastle and Blackburn away um, it, you know, it it was you know it was it was fantastic to go up that year, and um, you know it's as I say I would like to see what would happen because I thought that was sort of you know that that, that you know you were telling me I was a bit of an unknown quantity at of time because I come from non-league, and you know, that was a very fruitful period for me. So it's it's, it's you know through Luton Town, who knows? But um, when, when 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 Bonzi, as I say, when they got I think you got relegated following the season, I scored for Southampton against. Honji pulled me and said uh, you know he thought he was outstanding on the day and congratulations, you deserve it. I got man the match and bits and pieces and he said he just said, Listen, you know you know this is about money. I I needed money to sell. So and listen, I he didn't have to say that, there was no reason for him to say that. And I've got the ultimate regard for him because of that, because you know, I've been a manager and that happens. And so he, he, he's a legend of a plan, and it never never will I not think he's not a hero of mine for sure. So um it was signed by him and Harry was something special. And um, to play with some of the players I did, and to consider myself a good teammate, and had a laugh, and had a few, and they'll tell a few stories about me, and I've got a few stories about them, and some of them should never be spoken about.
3: <laughs> when, uh, when you think about the best players you played with at West oh. End uh, across the two periods, what names yeah. instantly come to your mind?
4: Mm, that's a difficult one. Julian Dix.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: I love I loved Ian Bishop. I thought he was an outstanding talent. I thought Stuart Slater would go on to do great things. Mm. Tony Cotty. Tony Cotty. Mark Hughes. I love Steve Lomas. Stavon Billich was outstanding. Frank Lampard. Rio Ferdinand. Um, you play with some good players, did not you? Mm-hmm. Arson. Arsene was a real player. Oh, Berkovich's peak was a player. I thought, um, Ludo, Ludo, yeah, yeah. I don't think you can discount him. Um, you know, he had great characters like Tony. You know, I loved the song of Tony, Tony Gales and George Paris's. Stevie Potts was pretty impressive for me when mm. I was there that first time. You know, Band, you know, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Frankie Mack was decent. Um, and Trevor. You know, although we stayed position, like Trevor Morley was a, a handful. And, you know, you even think about Tim Brayker as a right-back energy and thing. But, you know, we, you know, I think Ludo, I think about Ludo, Ludo will certainly be in that top five or six players. Tony would be up there. Tony Cotty, no doubt. You know, given, coming back the second time. But, you know, John Moncur, second time I got there, really talented lad. Great character around the place. Um, but, you know, Bilic and... Ferdinand, Lampard takes a bit you know you think about playing with them players um, you know Rio both young um, Slavin Bilix by no means was um, yeah, yeah, there was some talent there for sure
5: Speaking of Slavin um, could you have predicted at the time he would go on to be a, a successful manager of West Ham with obviously Julian Dix as his assistant um, Was did he give you that indication he had that within him?
4: Yeah um, very thoughtful I mean, listen. If you could, if you get over the sixteen Espresso's before training, it'd be fine. Oh, <laughs> um, I mean, listen. He, he is that. He, he, he's high energy. He's on his mind all the time. You can see that. He's very like much like me. Thinks and dreams football. You know, I, I, I I'm I've been that. So he looks like he's in great position now. He's part of his team at West Brom. I'm not sure he did a lot wrong at West End. Um, you know. Okay. Uh, you know. Talk about money. Whatever. I think it was a good fit. Um, you know, I think they've maybe got the right man now, now who's, you know, um, who's vastly experienced. Um, I think it's about, you know, in you know, your, your podcast, the West Ham way, there, there is some delusions in that, in terms of, you can only play that way, certainly, if, you, if you've got players to play that. And, um, you know, I back some some eras where, with all due respect, some of them players... At that time, the top draw in any, in any generation. So, um, you know, I think I, I've got a great deal of regard for, for Slavin. um David Moyes. You know, I think it was a right fit um, and seemed to get them going. So it's it's going to be it's going to be fascinating to see when it all resumes. Um, but I've got nothing. You know, you can't do what you did at Everton in difficult times. As long as he has. And I think that's been undervalued. I think it's been undervalued.
3: Mm. I mean, you went on to become a manager yourself, and yeah. uh, in two thousand and three, your Crystal Palace side beat a West Ham side. What do you remember from yeah. that day?
4: Well, a lot. I mean,
3: we, we we
4: we had these we had these we had these t-shirts called Jim and Jim Corbett had this in one more round. Listen, we were old. Oldham, so we had this t-shirt on them all year. Anyway, and then I I t- I turned up a semi-final to watch them and they came out with these t-shirts on saying um, more than just a football club mm.
3: um,
4: in with, fact with, with, with like Bobby Moore and then the final they came out same again with t-shirts on saying the original academy or something anyway we, we, we bowled up in our tracksuits as we were
1: and you know
4: it was you know it, it's West, it was West Ham I mean everyone's thinking it's West Ham it's, it's, it's what it is but we, we were we were diligent we, we were you know, I, can't, I think it was Alan Pardew. He, I think he took, took a couple of fools off, Marlon Harewood, I think, I think a Connolly, I think, and, and, and you know that that one nil down, and then and brought on Brian Dean, which I thought they might do, and I, I made a change immediately, um, actually bringing the down down off the bench. actually. I'd always knew I'd do it, and they were all laughing at me to the coaches. I said, listen, I'll do it. I know I'm going to do it. You just haven't got anyone because Dino's a handful. Anyway. We were we were better in the first half. You had it, West Ham were better in the second half, no doubt. We were resilient. There's we we there's a few scrapes in the tunnel at half time, which you may be aware of, but that suited us more than West Ham, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, it, there's nothing uh, nicer when you go upstairs and you're in there, and you know. Sir Trevor Hawkins says, um, thoroughly deserved, Well, very organised very of informants, well done. Everyone can heart back to the penalty, I still look at it now, I don't think it's a penalty. Um, well, then, you know, in, 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 at that time, but you know, um, West Ham should have gone up, they had an incredible squad, but we, we, we were on a roll and it just, we had a bit of belief and we had, you know, Michael Hughes at the heart of what we did, you know, um, we had good players in good positions, Danny Butterfield, you know, right back, who I took off late in the game and mixed him, changed him, and Darren Powell put to Edge right, right back. Um, it, it's just it's something, there been things coming to my Mike, real realise in the confusion midfield. We didn't have Julian Gray in the final, which is a big blow to us, but um, you know, Edge. We, we had the two up front in, in Shipley and Andy Johnson, who were a handful, who were a real handful. Um, and, and Andy went on to great, great things, and Neil was magnificent for me. No, no, no other words, but a magnificent character around the place as well. And, um, yeah, it's was it's surreal because it's my team. So, but when you're in battle, you're in battle. And um, you know, I think there was a, I think there was a slight arrogance about West Ham. If I'm honest, strutting up and doing being a bit, what it was, um, and it was a foregone conclusion. Um, but. That's that's on the wall, and um, um, it was it was it was it was it was it was really nice to, um, to win the game. But obviously, in lots of ways, you're sad because it's not your team in the Premier League. But it, it was a team I was managing at the time, and um, the only time I really experienced that before was when I came down with Oldham I think we beat you one 0 in a cup. Um, anyway, I think it's Carlo Correza scored the goal. So uh, it's you can never. It's a team you supported as a boy. It's always very difficult, but. When you're in, you know, you're managing at that level and I had a I've been there a long time, you know, well not not a long six months I've been there, but we'd had a brilliant reaction from the players. They've been magnificent and no one deserves any more credit than the players, but absolutely superb. So that for that bunch to be fourth bottom, when I got there and win eighteen out of twenty six. It's amazing. And uh, typically, it, it, we
5: wouldn't have been in the playoffs if West Ham hadn't scored the... Oh, no, uh, yes, you right. Like, sorry, Brian, is it Brian Dean scored? Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. No, you're right, absolutely. Because it was away, wasn't it? That's right, yeah. Typical West Ham. Yeah. Well, like anyway, that. It, it's a bit,
4: it, it does look like it's typical West Ham. But, you know, you're thinking of the teams getting the playoffs. So it's a great opportunity now. They've got them, you know, they, you know. West Ham was supposed to be in the top two anyway, weren't they? So, um, yeah. you know, the,
0: the
4: press was all on them. But, but, you know... You know, and I Palace is a really well-supported club, and like, like, like my playing career at West Ham, the brief player, brief time I played at Crystal Palace, I had a really good time. Very passionate fans, in fact, very similar fans in lots of ways for really. me. Um, very unbelievably passionate, and you know, it, it, they're both proper. For, and you know, that little corner that they have at Selhurst Park is still quite special. You know, um, and as you know, when you go there, it's not, it's never an easy place to go. No lights likes going out the ground. I understand that. You know. And, we all like to go to better grounds, but there is something about them, old fashioned ground, like an Everton, like a, like a palace, it, it, mm. you know, you hunker back, but a little bit, you hunker back to, to what was, what, what was, what was a, you know, that, that you, you get that, like, when I was a controlled one in front of the chicken run, you could, there'd be, there'd be vitriol coming out of someone's eyes, wouldn't there? <laughs> chicken run, they're looking at you, and you know, yeah. people were either intimidated by that, or that, you know, made you realise how much passion there was at the, you know, you know, it's it's a special football club, and always, it'll always be West Ham. Will always be my club, and um, you know, I, I nothing would give me greater pleasure than to get this season out of the way, stay up, and go and, and shoot next season, and 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 get them players who've got some outstanding players and get them rattling goals in, and um, let's let's get them up in the top half. Mm.
5: So, so. Um... Did you ever come close to managing West Ham yourself and sort of wrap it into one question? Do you have any plans to come back to management at all?
4: Listen, would, would I manage? Yes, I would. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I've done a couple of little bits where I, I go out and do sort of deal with Alan. And, you know, sort of, if you like rescue cases, trying to go eight games to go and try and do things. It's not really a way to go, but yeah, I'd love it. I've been a pro license. You know, my, my, my championship career is is, is is very good in, 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 in CV. Um, would I manage? Yes, of course I would. Would I coach? Yes, of course I would. Um, but that's just, its probably the right one now. Um, would I love to manage West Ham? Would I love to Of course I'd, like to be, I'd love to be involved in managing you. Did you ever get
5: close to it at all? I remember, no, I do no, uh, no, never. Uh, never. Okay, no. well, fair enough. Hmm.
4: As you know, if you had to be, I'd have taken it. So, yeah, exactly, yeah.
3: yeah. So it, it sounds that you would certainly be open to get... To getting yourself back into football but what do you yeah. what do you think the future will hold for you realistically are you going to push for that or are you happy doing the punditry I, I think so I
4: think, I think, yeah, I think um, you know I've I've loved coaching I've, I've tried some different things outside football Yeah, I, I still do the army team once a year generally and, and love doing that and um, yeah, yeah I, I keep up with it I watch games go all you know I'm now looking at German league and also what you've got to be careful of is I, I look at teams and Thinking how exciting footballs to watch now, but how done? No one hardly defends anymore. Um, mm. You know like, why? Why? Why can't? Why can't? I usually Liverpool because all right, last year weren't maybe as good defensively as the worst of season before. Though, or you know, and they're going to win this league without doubt. But you know, we've got one of the best defenders in the world because you, you know he's a Rio Ferdinand, and maybe more, even more. No, that's and that's not Chris and Rio. That's just me saying he's got a lot more to do, but. He certainly looks like he's going to go on and be one of the great defenders of the world. You know, but I think being a good defensive side is very important, and um, I think no one should underestimate that. So, yeah, of course, we want to play eye I in football, and no one did that more than I tried to do when I when I, when I managed. But if you if you, if you if you can score in two and concede in three, you've got a problem. And um, you know, I think even even at times, and so I think what Dave. David's done quite well. He's realised it has to be a bit more resolute and a bit more compact. And that, that requires hard work. And, you know, people like M- the, the nodes isn't like that. You know, and the Declan Rises can bring a bit of that to the team It's important.
3: Mm. Ian, thanks so much for coming on, mate. We've Thank really you. enjoyed chatting to you. It really has been an absolute pleasure. And best of luck to you for the future, pal. Whichever Cheers, pal. Take care. Take you. Thank no you, problem. mate. You look you, after yourself. All the best. Bye.
0: Viator is the world's leading travel experience marketplace, offering everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. Extensive options, ease of selection and flexibility at your fingertips help make sure your time is wonderfully spent. Viator is the place to go to book experiences that will create long-lasting moments that make lifetime memories. And Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences to choose from in over 190 countries. In fact, just last year, Viator helped my family put together this amazing adventure on the island of Kona. Swimming with the manta rays, trying to avoid the barracudas. Whatever your wildest dreams, if you can imagine it, Viator probably has an experience just for you. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in Viator's world of wonderful experiences. Viator. One site. Over 300,000 experiences you'll remember.
5: Right, mate, what have you got for us? Well, the players have been back in training this week and um, they're looking to start full contact training soon. I don't know if you've seen, but uh, a few more players have tested positive for coronavirus now, not at West Ham, but um, in the Football League. So who knows really where this is going to end up going forward. Um, Mm. I think ideally West Ham want the season cancelled, as I've said before, but it's becoming more obvious that I think we are going to have to play our games there's a massive massive financial loss um, from broadcasters if we don't and I think unfortunately that dictates football now Um, they could decide the season on average points per game system and I can't remember which way round it is but one of them sees West Ham stay up but the other one sees us actually be relegated and Bournemouth (laughs) staying up so who knows but even if they opt for something like that there's going to be so much um legal consequences i think that mm. it's all just a bit of a mess at the moment but um, yeah, yeah. as i said so the club have been putting pictures on um the website of the players back in training and if you have a eye for a story you would have seen that there's a number of well, a few players that were missing from those photos and a few people that were in those photos that perhaps wouldn't have been if the season was um uh like as it was so they're back in time to play games again so let's start with the, the negative news as such so at the moment both Cresswell and Ogbonna now I don't know how you sustain an injury in lockdown but are unable to train at the moment Um so I don't know exactly I think Cresswell has been doing a few days here and there but he's not fully fit as is Ogbonna. Yeah, as it, Oh, Bonner's not even so I think um that's a bit of a worry I don't know what their injuries are as such but uh hopefully if the season does resume they'll be fair um Antonio's not been training either but that's because he is on compassionate leave because I think I believe his father um, sadly passed away and um yeah, and the other player that you wouldn't have noticed was a jetty, but apparently a jetty has been has been training. So uh, <laughs> yeah, a player that you wouldn't have
3: noticed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's yeah. about right, to be fair.
5: Well, I don't think they even took a photo of him, to be fair, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't know he was. That's no, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so that was uh, yeah. So that he is training, but it's um. Crestwell that There's a few doubts over, it there's a said of Antonio's personal circumstances. Uh, but the good news is is that um. Wilshire, Yarmolenko, Fredericks and Ben Johnson are all available to play and Xander Silva as well. So those players would have possibly been out of contention, had the season not been continuing to now. All of them are fit, which gives us Some options from when we last paid back at that Arsenal game, if you remember, mate, that me and you went to. Yeah. That was the last game that we actually watched of West Ham. But uh, Yeah. yeah, I don't know if that seems a long time ago or quite recent. I can't really decide. Yeah, quite a long time ago for me. Is it? Yeah. See, I I don't know how I feel about missing football at the moment, but um, that's a that's another story. Like, but yeah, that's uh, so it's discussed another time. But um, yeah. Uh, in terms of signing players, as I keep saying on this podcast, and as I say on my Twitter and so on, that. The only players we are going to sign are when we know what division we're in. We don't know what division we're in, so we are linked with anyone. Yes, we are going to we can scout players and we can draw up a list. Those the lists and those players that we are going to sign vary hugely on obviously what division we're in. So any speculation about signings isn't um, going to be with much substance. Uh, in terms of contracts now... I broke the story on the show. I think this might have been the last time I was at your house, actually, mate. And Gakia hasn't signed a um, new contract. He's been offered one, and mm. he hasn't been he hasn't signed it yet. The the situation is pretty much as it was then at the start of um, May or whatever it was um, that he hasn't um, he hasn't signed that contract. Um, but it's there now. They are getting closer to meeting, but the the thing is, they don't. The club, West Ham, are very conscious of offering too much to young players because there's been certain players like Reese Oxford and Haxabanovich and so on that have probably got a contract that they weren't deserving of. And um, the club is very uh, strict. I uh, guess what they offer young players. They have offered him a games-based uh, deal so if he plays a certain amount of games it goes up a certain amount and so on I don't like to disclose the actual figures because do you know the actual a, figures? I do yeah um, they're not the figures that have been reported in the paper I mean the papers say that he's asking for 20 grand he's not He's not asking for 20 grand he's asking for a much lower basic range I mean with what, bonuses half? Uh, less than half I would say But right. um, and, and, it, and
3: in comparison to what the club are offering can you can you give us an indication? Um, they're probably about,
5: yeah, a significant amount away at the moment. But I think West Ham always do this. Now, if you think they did it with Declan, they did it with Conor Coventry, they did it with Hamadou Diallo, they did it with um, numerous young players. They kind of haggle for a long time until it looks like the player's gonna leave now he can Jeremy and Gakia can walk away from the club um, I think at the end of June so they need to try and get his contract sorted before then and I think uh, it, he you know he wants to stay. Um, I believe. Uh, I think he obviously is getting pressures from his agent that are saying you need to secure yourself a decent deal because you played four times. I know that doesn't sound much, but four times in the Premier League, twice against Liverpool, you've done well. You're going to be pushing for right back spot next year. Um, and I think he's been advised by his agents that I mean, he, there's a lot of agents trying to get into his head at the moment. Um, a young player, and I think you know they're advising him perhaps that he's worth more. Um, and the club are trying to be more cautious about that but I, I would like to think that they will get to some point soon um, like you know I don't know why this story hit the headlines like it did a week or so ago or yeah I think it was about a week ago because the story hasn't changed from what it was a month or so ago yes the offers of West Ham have got slightly higher and he's rejected it still but it's still in deadlock as it was before now there are other young players who are getting close to leaving as well. Now, there's a midfielder called Benito Bacca, Beatti. He's very, very highly rated. Um, I, I was asked to, I won't name too many names, but I was asked to support a journalist who was writing um, an article about up-and-coming players, young players from each club. And I put this guy's name to him. Um, but he went with some of the more known players that i also mentioned to him um, but this guy is a really really talented individual um, the only problem is he has the same contract uh, the same agent as guess who who
3: you wouldn't want
5: one of our academy players to have
3: uh what reese oxford
5: yeah he's got the same agent as reese oxford uh, um, so ad a- 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 ward his name is um, and so already he's doing what he did with reese oxford so articles are appearing in the papers about um by munich and various other clubs of that stature being interested in him um and he's now getting his head turned and also probably seeing what's happening to jeremy who i think he sort of gets on really well with um and probably thinking they're gonna try and you know, they're not going to give me a contract that I deserve when I'm ready to spend the first team. And I think, um, you know, you can look at this two ways. You can look at it from the club's point of view and you can argue that they're right to do this because these players haven't proved themselves in the first team. So why should they earn a, a big contract? Or you can argue it from the player's point of view that eventually these players are going to be worth a lot of money and they've got other clubs that are interested in them and do West Ham offer perhaps too little to what Their potential um, suggests they should, and and it depends which way you look at it. What I find quite surprising at times is that I would say the majority of our fan base now, or certainly when football stocks were anti the board, if not, you know, like had their concerns if they weren't completely anti. When it comes to a player and a contract situation like this, they always tend to say the players being greedy rather than the club are offering the right amount of money, which mm. I find a little bit interesting because if it was that we were going to sign a player, they tend to say, oh, god, just pay the money. Why do we always, you know, dally around and not sign the players we should? Yet then when it comes to a young player and them signing a contract, they seem to think that the player's been greedy. So it's interesting to sort of, see the difference because let's put it this way had jeremy and came in for spurs let's say or arsenal or whatever and played four very good games at right back and then west ham were linked with signing him but then refused to pay a certain amount of money to sign him for his wages fans would probably be annoyed with the board wouldn't they
3: well i find it's really interesting because with this story i have seen I have seen both sides. I think you're quite right. The majority I've seen on social media have very much been in support of the club. And I think they're they're casting their minds back to Reese oxford I think that's the kind of go-to, default shit show situation that the club are obviously thinking about and the fans are thinking about. But the reason I've reserved my judgment and I haven't commented on this yet is because I didn't know definitively what Jeremy's asking for. Which to me to me is key i think you've given me an idea i don't know if you can, you can be more specific well
5: i'll put this i'll put it into this context right i, I don't know exact figures um so and i, I don't want to do an injustice to certain players by comparing them but i think if you was to rank west ham say under 23s that are like uh, you know the more well-known ones if you're talking about like let's not put Declan in it because obviously Declan's now on a first team wage but if you put like um if you have Haxabalovic Nathan Holland Nathan Trott um Connor Coventry Amadou Diallo um even Dan Chesters is gonna get a new contract and hopefully sign um he's actually got a good agent so he's one of the better ones um you put um Elise uh who else is there that I've missed um Akinwawa, whatever his name is, I've forgotten his name, but there's quite a few academy players. Out of all of the academy players, what Jeremy's on now is very, very minimal because he's on a, a third-year scholarship contract, I think. So he's, his basic wage right now is less than what me and you would probably earn a week, I, I think. Um, but his contract that he's been offered would only put him probably maybe sixth, seventh out of those players, now and if you think about it um he's had more of an impact in the first team than any of them certainly this season um and so in that respect if you compare the players like for like he should be the highest paid young player behind Declan rice because none of the others really have featured in the first team not consistently anyway have they no so so and, 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 yeah.
3: And that's what I was, before I was rudely interrupted, I was uh, <laughs> I was going to go on to make a very similar point. So, you know, where where I sit on that, now that I know that kind of information is, I think it's an absolute piss take of West Ham, to be quite honest with you, because you're talking about those under 23 players and where he ranks in them. Those under 23 players that you've mentioned, none of them. Granted, they haven't been given an opportunity, but none of them have made an impact at West Ham whatsoever. Now, either he's part of the squad or he isn't. He's come in and arguably at times been one of our best players. But the problem that you've got is his agent will no doubt be behind closed doors making every club aware of this situation. 100% he has, I'm sure. There, there you go. So at what point, let's say, let's say for example... Chelsea say to this agent, yeah, do you know what? We'll take him for nothing and we'll give him 15, 20 grand a week. No problem. West Ham would have longed this out and longed this out and longed this out to a point where Jeremy now has a better option and he thinks, fuck it, even if West Ham might now offer me 20 grand, I don't want it because I've got a better opportunity. Now, as it currently stands, maybe he doesn't. But the problem you've got is I'd half understand that from West Ham's perspective if he's played four games and he's banging on the door saying, I want 35 grand a week. But if we're saying, and from what you're saying, it's in the region of, these in my words not yours in the well, region me, of six to eight grand a week let me just wants. clarify I
5: that that would be a basic wage but then he would get bonuses so he would get a match bonus and uh, appear, appearance bonus and stuff now from from limited limited knowledge I think a match bonus is over ten grand so effectively um, and I think he can get um, obviously contributions as well within that. So effectively, he could earn, if you include bonuses, assuming he's selected, he could earn about twenty five thousand a week if, like, the bonuses and so on come into play. But it's but, yeah. Way.
3: But but then and I know, and I know this probably isn't the right way to think about this as a player because as a professional and someone that's competitive, you should thrive on this, not be put off by it. But at the same time. He knows Ryan Fredericks is at the club. He, he knows that, that ben, we, Johnson. ben Johnson, we still want to make a player of, of Ryan Fredericks, especially because he was a number one choice right back. All right, Zabba's moving on, but then he'll also be looking at well, hang on, West Ham, how much do you want to invest in me? You call yourselves the Academy of Football. I could potentially sign a five to six year contract here if you pay me the right amount of money. Now, the right amount of money that he's asking for. Sounds to me like the sort of money I would expect a lower league championship club to pay one of their players. This is a Premier League footballer who has seen West Ham United sign Carlos fucking Sanchez for a hundred grand a week. Who's well, thirty three. Exactly. So if you're Jeremy and you're like, well, do you do you buy into me as much as I want to buy into this football club? Will you make it worth my while to stay here? Or if I continue to impress? Do you want me knocking on the door saying, right, I'm smashing it at the moment. I have done for the last six months, but now I've got interest. So why should I be loyal to you when you wasn't loyal to me when it came to the contract negotiations? Either that or we'll lose him, ex. And the agent will do the work and he'll fuck off somewhere else for double the money that we're offering.
5: Well, yeah, and I mean, let's let's take it from the after uh, figure that's been reported in the press. Okay, I don't think it is this much, but that he wants. But let's just say I'm wrong and they're right. Right? So the player wants twenty grand a week. Would you offer him twenty grand a week? Bearing in mind what you've just said about Sanchez and the fact that he has only played four games, taking into account sort of both factors, would you say twenty grand a week is an acceptable wage for him? I
3: I would say. I'll pay you. I would, yeah, I would pay it to him, 100%. Because to me, a Premier League player, that's not a lot of money. And you're talking about someone who could potentially have a big future in the game. And, and we all, as fans, have seen him and like the look of him. So I think 20 grand, I'd want to try and pin him to a five or six year deal for that. I wouldn't want to put him on a, a 12 month contract to 20 grand. But 100% I'd pay him that, million yeah. percent. Well, and I'm not being funny. I think he's in those four games. He's, he's arguably been, you know, the first choice in the fans' eyes over Ryan Fredericks when he's fully fit. How I much would, is Ryan on?
5: Yeah, Ryan's on about fifty grand a week. So go. yeah, over I I, I would I would say that I, I if I was to pick West Ham's team tomorrow, I'd put um Inga ahead of Fredericks in in yeah. my selection. Um, the thing is as well, which is quite funny about this, is that West Ham were trying to get rid of Fredericks. Uh, sorry, i mean Gakia before he burst onto the scene. So before he'd played those four games for us, he was like probably on his way out of the club. Weren't sure whether they rated him, whether he had the um, intelligence to play at a high level in terms of his positional play and so on. Um, But it obviously turns out he played those four games and did really well. Um, I mean, two of them, I mean, what were the games? From memory, it was two against Liverpool. We played against Southampton, didn't they, in the win? And what it must have been Arsenal, I guess. Mm. Maybe was the last one. And yeah, yeah. he played. He played. Um, played well in all of those. And I think. Um, I think it's yeah. I I think twenty grand is a lot for someone who only played four games. But you, you've got to take, like you said, you've got to look at it from: is he going to be our right back next season? Ben Johnson is meant to be better. Because so then you could argue that Ben Johnson would deserve that amount of money. I I think you could. I think. Anything like ten thousand, which would still be a lot for someone his age, but it would be a good. It would be not as much as like Oxford on twenty grand, for example, and Hacks the Adventures on more than that. I think. Um, there I think you if you get if you gave him ten grand and you said to him, right, you got ten grand basic, and you've got um this much per gate, like being in the squad, this much if you start, this much if you like. I know you get mad at the match or whatever
3: and I, and I think that would be a fair way to do it but um Possibly yeah. but I I just think that the sort of money we're talking about at Premier League level is so trivial if we'd been relegated and who knows maybe we will be but if we was in a championship and we are literally cutting back every penny we can I'd half understand what you're saying but Philip Anderson hasn't turned up all season. He's picking up 150 grand a fucking week. You know, it, yeah. by the sounds of things, it looks like the club are angling more towards a two grand fucking basic wage for Jeremy with with the promise of maybe, you know, bumping it up to 2025 if he plays. But the fact of the matter is, he's, he's, he's done well, but he's still cutting his teeth. But is he going to be cutting his teeth on the bench when Ryan Fredericks is fit. And if that's the case, from a personal perspective, he would then be picking up two grand a week, watching fellow professionals, not performing as consistently as he has, on a hundred times the amount of fucking money.
5: Yeah, no, I know what you mean And I think, you know, you've got to think if you, Even if you take Declan Rice, for example It's a similar he, situation, w- wasn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, a similar situation then Even now, I mean, his contract's been Massively improved But compared to what, I mean, he earns le- Less than half what Jack Wilshire earns I think, and you compare yeah. the contribution Of Jack Wilshire to West Ham Or to Declan Rice in the last mm. few years
3: And uh, it's
5: not even comparable really is I mean, it? I mean
3: another, another thing I'd say as well Is that at the end of this season Zabba's leaving, is not he?
5: Yeah. yeah. Now,
3: and Gakia wasn't even spoke about, you know, in in the most part of when Zabba has been at the football club. But now he has been. So actually, we might have been looking for a backup right back when Zabba left before we knew Jeremy was going to come on the scene. So now, you know, if that was the case, you'd lose Zabba and you might save 50, 60 grand a week, wherever he was on. But then you're going to have to go to the transfer market and maybe spend five ten fifteen million pounds on a transfer fee alone to get that back up right back and then pay him probably 20 30 40 grand a week so why not save yourself the transfer fee and give this kid fucking 10 grand a week it's nothing yeah
5: I agree and I think actually going forward I would look to sell Frederick's I think I know that's controversial but I think I would and I would say to Ben Johnson and um Ingakia right you're both young lads you both come from the academy Fight it out for that right back position, and I think potentially you could unearth yourself a, a, a right back or, or two right backs for the next 10 15 years at West Ham if they turn out to be semi decent. And if they don't, well, then you know, you've you what they'll be able to hold their own till January. I'd imagine you'd be able to get someone in then. Uh, that That's
3: what I would do anyway. Mm, no, I think that would be leaving us vulnerable in the full areas. I mean, I still think Creswell. In my opinion, I think he's shot his bolt. Oh
5: no, I'm not talking about left
3: back no, about no, 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 no. But I'm, I'm summing it up collectively. Like, if you, if you look for me, I think Creswell shot his bolt, and Alpha Masuaku isn't a left back, right? Yeah, so I would buy a left back. Right. Yes, yeah, so you buy a left back, but I would what? A right back. But but what I'm saying is, if you then switch to the right back area, Jeremy has done very well, but I don't. I don't. I haven't seen enough of him to say. If this kid goes on a run of three or four bad games, his head ain't going to completely drop and, he, and he'll go missing for the rest of his career. I, I don't know the answer to that because I haven't seen enough of him. Ben Johnson, I've seen him play once. So what I'm saying to you is, I think if you then look at making them two, who are kids really, still cutting their teeth, fight it out between themselves as to who gets that right back spot and you've got that continuing problem at left back, half your defence is an issue. So I'd rather... I mean, Fredericks, I feel like I want to give him another season, if I'm honest. But I do think that... I don't know. Jeremy's got to con- continue being consistent, but he's got to be paid for his efforts to try and get there, in my opinion.
5: Yeah. I mean,
3: another youngster that's that's
5: probably going to leave as well, who hasn't signed a deal, is Vernon Parks. Um, he's been attracting interest from both Celtic and Rangers, funnily. Um, he... he I'm not sure he's as highly rated as the previous ones that I've mentioned as in in Gakia or um, Baker Boati, but um, he is uh, also um, looking likely to leave too. So it does concern me a little bit why Our academy players are all sort of looking to leave because not all of them are, but that they consider it because, you know, Conor Coventry didn't want to leave. But it was a consideration at one point. Diallo was the same. Um, Rice, I don't think he ever was close to leaving, but it was certainly he was getting frustrated with his contract situation. Maybe as a club, we don't recognize our youth as well as we should do and because of reese oxford and the club still feel burned by the fact that he got a 20 grand contract and then didn't do anything for the next
3: two three years um maybe we're living off the ghost of that still probably no which is a massive mistake i mean one thing you cannot do is set your bar moving forward when it comes to contractual negotiations based around a 20-year-old Reese Oxford. Yes, in hindsight, it was a mistake giving him that money. But we're not talking about giving a player that money. We're talking about giving Reese Oxford that money and Reese Oxford with the agent that he had. Now, that was a mistake in that scenario. It doesn't mean to say you're going to get your fingers burned by every single kid that you invest into. You know, Jeremy Ngakia is probably a completely different person and would have nothing but respect for the football club for paying him what he wants and in return will give his art and soul for that football club. You can't you can't tar every kid with the same brush and think that they're gonna go off the rails because you know, in 20 years' time, we're still doing it because we're looking back on what happened with Reece Oxford, fucking two decades ago. It's madness.
5: Yeah, I know what you mean, and I just think as well, like you said, with the the way of the football world at the moment, everything is such a gamble. Why gamble that we like by letting Jeremy go, who could turn out to be, you know, an England international or whatever, and also then have to try and replace him with someone who we don't know much about? The football world's all over the place at the moment I'd much rather I uh, use our academy then bring in randoms like you know of course we need to bring in like Gerard Bowen was a great signing for example but I'd much rather go down that route now which Moyes has talked about as in either proven players in England or try to see whether some of our academy are good enough now I know most of the academy players have gone on that haven't played and proved to be that we made the right decision like it's very Mm. rare that we've let go of a youngster who's come back to bite us I mean I can't think of
3: any off top, of no, head. I mean, I think
5: the only one I can think of that's actually in the Premier League, but he hasn't really come back to bite us is Stanislas. I mean, that I don't think he ever would have
3: got into our side since he left,
5: no, exactly. So, this is what I mean. So, you know, people used to say for Elliot Lee to come in the side, you know, he's struggling a bit at Luton, George Moncur, I think mm. he might also be at Luton. Um, and sort of all these players have never really Marcus Brown, you know, ended up going to Middlesbrough, and then. Back to Oxford, um, so I think we've not so far. It's not like we've massively underestimated players in our academy, but Ingakia did prove that he had four, four good games for us. And yes, it's only four, but it's still better than nothing. So mm. I think we should. I think we should at least try and see how good this guy is, and, and not before you know before
3: he goes. Do you know what I mean? And, and yeah, hundred percent. And you also have to put this into perspective as well because. You know, this is a bit of an unfortunate situation for both parties in a sense that if Jeremy had three years left on his contract and was knocking on the door and gently asking for a a, a pay rise, you know, I think the whole situation would be a little bit more relaxed. But because he's come in and done so well and he's now potentially going to be walking out the door in a month's time because his contract isn't up, his contract is going to expire, it's it's a shit or bust scenario. You either... Mm look at him and say, do you know what? I'm going to take a punt. I'm going to take a punt and give this kid the money he wants because I've been impressed with him. And off the pitch, all the reports I'm getting from the academy coaches are brilliant. I like his attitude and I think he's got a future at this football club. And do you know what? That gamble isn't a 50, 60 grand gamble. It's potentially around eight to 10,000 pound a fucking week gamble. It's 10% yeah. of what that Wilshire earns and he's barely kicked a fucking football for us. So it's not a gamble in my eyes. It is for the football club. But for me, 10 grand a week is an absolute no-brainer.
5: Yeah, no, I, I do agree with you. And it's it's sad again um, that uh, this sort of stuff has to come out in the press. I like that mm. we're struggling. I just don't think it creates the best impression for our youngsters that or players, young players that are potentially going to join West Ham that, mm. that we're fighting over, maybe giving them the right contracts. I just think it's bad news that this, this story, um, you know that it's known. And I think it'd be just really good if West Ham just went boom, right, yeah, you've got him signed up for the next five years. We could do with some positivity going into these next fixtures anyway. If the, if the season does restart, it'd be a big boost. Just to say, right, yeah, ngaki has got a new deal going forward. We're kicking off boom, 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 with this team. Just a bit of positivity because there's been nothing recently. So, yeah.
3: No. Yeah. No, I make you right, mate. So, you know, like I say, before your section tonight... I didn't know what I know now, but now I feel quite strongly that we've just got to get this done. Yeah, you know? and, yeah. and, and the thing is, I think people on social media, listen, I don't know Jeremy, he could be the biggest prick going. I don't know him. I've never met him before in my life, never had a conversation with him. But assuming he isn't, people on social media, I think have got to stop having a pop at him when A, they don't know the facts, and B, they are probably, either consciously or subconsciously, instantly making that comparison between him and reese oxford can't do it we've got to forget about reese oxford forget that kid ever even existed because if we are ever going to make financial judgments moving forward for christ's sake don't make it on the fact that once upon a time we gave a 20 grand contract to the wrong kid with the wrong agent yeah exactly i agree with you definitely is there anything else pal no that's it boss Okay, that is the end of the show. A big thank you to Ian Dowie for coming on. And as always, thanks to you guys for listening. And that includes Addy Chard, a lifelong West Ham fan who celebrated his 40th birthday this week. So many happy returns to you, mate. Look after yourselves, everyone. And
2: until next week, come on you Irons. The share it with a friend deal, even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's, your rules.
0: Live your best morning with BOGO Breakfast Sandwiches only on the McDonald's app. Now buy one bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles or sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and get a second one free. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Bundling home and car insurance with GEICO is so easy, your neighbors are probably already doing it. But who... They may drop little hints like Beautiful day out. Even more beautiful since we saved by bundling our home and car insurance with GEICO. Or Yard work is hard. Much harder than bundling with GEICO, which was easy. Or it may be even subtler, like Speaking of burgers, we bundled our home and car insurance with GEICO and saved a bunch of money. Bundling is easy with GEICO. Just ask your neighbors.
1: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
2: Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ